Hi, this is Pastor David Cooper. Thank you for joining my podcast. I pray that the Word of God will be a blessing to you. I also want to ask you to share the podcast with others. Together, we can make an impact in people's lives as we introduce them to the Word of God. Thank you for your partnership and ministry of the Mount Perrin family and our outreach. I pray that the Word of God will be a blessing to you today. Today, I want to talk to you about handling the unexpected. Have you ever had something so unexpectedly happen in your life that you said, I didn't see that coming? Life is filled with the unexpected. We go through the unexpected in marriage, in raising our kids. We go through the unexpected in business and our career. We go through the unexpected in ministry. We go through the unexpected in world events. How do we cope? How do we handle life when the unexpected breaks in? We set our goals. We make our plans. We pursue our dreams. Then the unexpected happens. Jesus prepared us for the times that life changes unexpectedly for us. In John 16, verse 33, he says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I've overcome the world. Jesus made this statement the night he would be arrested and go to the cross. The disciples were about to face the ultimate, unexpected reality. Jesus' ministry was at its highest point. His popularity was at an all-time high. They were in Jerusalem for the Passover, the holiest of all the annual festivals of Israel. The week started with Jesus coming into the city and crowd shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. But it was about to end with an angry mob crying, crucify him. They were about to face the most unexpected reality. Jesus had told them that he would be betrayed and suffer and even crucified, but they never believed him. When he mentioned it, they thought it was a metaphor. They weren't ready for what was about to take place. So before it all happened, he told them the secret of getting ready for the unexpected. I've told you all these things, Jesus says, so that in me you may have peace. In this world you'll have trouble. I love the contrast in those phrases. In me, peace. In the world, trouble. The only place you can find peace in this troubled world is in Christ. And in Christ is a safe place. It's a blessed place. It's a peaceful place. But take heart, he said. I've overcome the world, and he meant I'm going to give you the power and the ability to overcome the world. When the unexpected comes crashing in on your life and you say, I didn't see that coming. How do we adjust? How do we deal with that? How do we overcome the unexpected? I think of the unexpected breaking in. I think of a woman who had been married for many years, and she and her husband had a bitter, miserable marriage, yet they stayed together. They were so miserable together, but they decided to grind it out. Well, he got sick and died. 
So they had his funeral service, and at the end of the service, as the pallbearers were taken out, the casket, they hit the back wall of the sanctuary with a loud thud. And suddenly they heard a voice from inside the casket. They opened it up, and the man jumped out fully alive, danced around, said, I'm alive. And so they continued on another 10 years of life and miserable marriage. Then he died again. They had another service. As the service was ended, the pallbearers were carrying out the casket. His widow said, watch the wall. I find this to be a fascinating statement of Jesus. I think it's one of the most important statements he ever made to us. I've spoken these things to you. I've shared the word of God. I've given you promises so that in me, in your relationship with me, you might have peace because in this world, you'll have trouble. And how are we supposed to deal with that? And then expect it has come crashing in on some of you right now that you didn't see it coming. You're taken off guard. You're shocked by what's happened. Well, the first thing Jesus says to us, if you're going to deal with life when it happens unexpectedly, you've got to accept the unexpected as a reality. In this world, you will have trouble. Even though you're in me, even though you're my disciples, even though God loves you, even though God cares about you, even though you're children of God, even though the Holy Spirit lives in you, in this world, you will have trouble, tribulation, difficulty, because the world in which we live is a troubled world. The place we have in Christ is a peaceful place, but the world in which we live is a troubled world, and the trouble breaks in on us unexpectedly. And why does that happen? Because the Bible tells us the world in which we live is a world that is affected by sin, by suffering. In Romans chapter 8, verse 18, Paul speaks of the present sufferings of this life. In verse 21, he says that creation has been subjected to frustration. In verse 22 of Romans 8, he says, we know that the whole creation is groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up until the present time. So the world in which we live today is a world of suffering, a world of frustration, and a world that is groaning, wanting for Christ to return, for God to make a new heaven and a new earth and to restore the glory even of the planet, the world itself, and more than the world, the cosmos, the world system is a troubled world. The Bible says in 1 John 5, 19, the whole world lies under the control of the evil one. I want you to think about the impact of that statement. The whole world, the cosmos, the system in which we live, lies under the control of the evil one. And that's why you see what's going on in the world today. That's why you see the violence and the chaos and the confusion because there's an evil force at work. It controls and manipulates everything, and that's the world in which we find ourselves. A world of suffering, a world of frustration, a world that is groaning for redemption, a world that is under the control of evil influences, and Jesus says you've got to accept the reality of this world in which you live so that it doesn't catch you off guard, so that you don't have a crisis of faith, so that you don't start telling yourself that God doesn't love you and God's taking his hand off of your life and that you're not in a secure place. You can't 
make it to the trouble of life if you don't learn to accept the reality when the unexpected breaks in on your life. You see, faith is not fantasy. And these disciples weren't ready for the cross. They weren't ready for Gethsemane. They didn't think that was even possible to happen to them. They were the apostolic company. He selected these 12 out of everybody. They were the closest to him. They were there when he walked on water. They were there when he raised Lazarus from the dead. They were there when he fed the multitude. They knew his power. They didn't think this was possible. They didn't see it coming. And so when he was arrested, they all forsook him and fled because they couldn't accept the reality of what he said about this world. Don't confuse the goodness of God with this world. Just because life is troubled doesn't change the goodness of God in the midst of a troubled world. You see, there's the problem of denying reality. That's a psychological defense mechanism that we use sometimes just to cope with things and tell ourselves, well, this isn't really happening. This isn't really going on. And we kind of distort reality. And sometimes we just decorate it and we kind of whitewash it and put a positive spin on it because we can't accept the reality of what we're dealing with. You know, the false prophets in Jeremiah's day were guilty of teaching the people fantasy instead of true faith. They weren't honest with the people. They told them any kind of lie to keep the people with some delusion that everything was going to work out perfectly. In Jeremiah chapter 8, verse 11, God said to Jeremiah about the false prophets of his day, they treat the wound of my people as though it were not serious. Peace, peace, they say, when there is no peace. And they, they misled the people. They preached a, a faith that's nothing more than a fantasy so that people can't deal with and cope with the reality and the unexpected when it takes place. When Prince Albert died, Queen Victoria had the servants continue to put out his clothing every morning as they had always done until the day she died. She lived in denial that her husband was deceased. She couldn't accept the reality. She couldn't adapt to it. She went through the same habits as though he were still living because she couldn't accept the reality. And when people can't accept the reality of where they are, their lives at that point are stuck. They stop growing. They stop moving. They stop dreaming. And Jesus didn't want them to be like that. There was going to be a resurrection. There was going to be the coming of the Holy Spirit. There was a ministry to do. So he says, in this world, you're going to have tribulation. You're going to be persecuted at times. You're going to go through some difficulty. But take heart, I've overcome the world. And he wants us to know that whatever we're dealing with in the unexpected, his grace is sufficient to get us through it as well. I talked to a woman one time. She came to see me. Her marriage was in trouble, and she told her story. She'd been separated from her husband for about a year and a half. He had left her and abandoned her. He had gone back to Africa where he was from originally. She had tried to visit. He told her, don't come. He told her he was moving on. The marriage was over. And she asked me, she told her story. She said, Pastor, do you think I need to move on? 
Is it time? Well, it's not my place to tell people what they need to do. That's up to them. But I didn't want to help her in the way she understood her situation. And I said to her, how many times does he have to tell you it's over before you believe it's over? And she had to live in that denial. It was too painful for her. But her whole life is on hold until she can accept the unexpected happened, as painful as it is. And when you accept it and say, this is what it is, this is what we got to deal with, now you're ready, now you're empowered to do something about it. And that's why the Bible tells us about the unexpected. In James chapter 1, verse 2 through 4, one of the most popular passages of Scripture. Count it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds, because you know the testing of your faith develops perseverance. And perseverance must finish his work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives generously without finding fault, and it will be given to him. It's intentional that James says, count it pure joy. Rejoice in it, in the midst of it. Count it pure joy. Don't get cynical and doubtful. Don't get angry. Count it pure joy. When you face trials of many kinds, while he connects that with, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask God. Because if you and I can say, this is what we got right now. This is what's going on. It's not what we saw coming. It's not what we expected. We're going through all kinds of trials. But Lord, we're going to count it pure joy because you're still with us. And you say, Lord, give me wisdom. In that moment, God will give you a new plan for your life, a new dream for your life, a new vision for your life. And you can move beyond the place of where you are to a new season of grace and victory and power in your life. So accept where you are and go before the Lord and say, Lord, give me wisdom. Give my family wisdom. Give us wisdom in our marriage. Lord, give me wisdom in our business. Give us wisdom in our ministry. Lord, show us the way because we're not going to stay right here where we are. We're ready, Lord, to move on. And once you accept it, then you've got to adjust to the changes. Once you accept this is what it is now, you've got to make adjustments. So he says, take heart. It means to be of good courage. It means to face life with confidence. It means to act with confidence and courage. Take heart. Don't be intimidated. Don't be afraid. Don't be passive. Take heart. Take action. Act courageously. Act confidently. Adjust to the changes. It's amazing to me how many people today with what we have lived through in our world the last two years. We didn't see this coming. Nobody saw it coming. And it still has a psychological effect on all of us, the uncertainty, the unexpected. Jesus says, take heart. It's amazing how many people are still saying, well, we're going to get back to where we were. You know, life never moves in reverse. It only moves forward. We're not going back to anything. We've got to go forward. And our marriages and our raising our kids and our church and our personal lives, when the unexpected happens, the answer is not to go back. Life cannot be lived in reverse. We've got to step on the accelerator and go forward in life. We've got to take heart. We've got to say, Lord, I've got to have a new plan and a new dream and get to work and continue to build our lives. 
When the unexpected breaks in your life, you've got to accept the reality of it at some point and say, this is what it is. I don't like it, but this is what it is. Lord, give me wisdom, and I'm ready to take heart and take courage and take action and make some changes in my life to adjust to what it is now, not what it was then. The first law of life is self-preservation. And look out for yourself. Make good decisions for yourself. And don't allow your life to be lived by the decisions of others. When the unexpected happens, sometimes they're saying, well, I got to wait to see what they're going to do and see what that's... No, take heart, take courage, take action. Jesus used this term a lot with people when he was teaching in a house one day. And it was so crowded with people. And there were four men that had a friend that was paralyzed. And they tore a hole in the roof and let the man down on the mat. When Jesus looked at him, he said in Matthew 9, verse 2, take heart, your sins are forgiven. When that little woman who had an issue of blood we read about in the Gospels, suffering for 12 years, no doctor could find a cure. She heard Jesus was coming. She said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made well. She pushed her way through a crowd, even though she was very ill. She had such courage and such confidence. She took action for herself. She found Jesus. She didn't sit there and wait for healing to come to her. She took heart. She took action. And she just slipped through and she touched the hem of his garment. And when she did healing, virtue flowed in her body. She felt in her body at that very moment that she was healed. And Jesus felt the power leave him. He searched until he found that woman in Matthew 9 and 22. He said, take heart, your faith has healed you. And when the disciples were on the boat in the middle of the Sea of Galilee at night, and Jesus had stayed in the mountains to pray and sent them on across the Sea of Galilee, and a great storm came up, and they felt like they were going to drown, Jesus came to them appearing, walking on the water. They were terrified, thinking they saw a ghost. What did he say to them in Matthew 14, 27? Take heart, it is I, be not afraid. And in the midst of the changes of this life, some of you are going through such unexpected situations. Some of you are going through the battle of your life, Jesus says, take heart, take courage, take confidence, take action in your life. God's grace is going to get you through this. You know, when you fly on an airplane and they do the preparation and they come and make the presentation now of all the bad things that could possibly happen, and they tell you about the oxygen mask. When the oxygen mask drops, what do they tell parents to do? Look out for yourself. The first law of life is self-preservation. That's not being selfish. It's the key to survival. Then to help your children. And when it comes to your decisions, don't put the destiny of your life in the hands of the decisions of other people. Put your mask on first. Take care of yourself Make a new plan, make a new dream, and decide what you're going to do, what you're going to do to get through this season of the unexpected. Never let your life sit still. I can tell you that as a, just a person. I can tell you that as a pastor, and I can tell you that as a therapist. Never sit idle in your life. You dream, you plan, you move, you make decisions, don't sit passively by. One of the worst seasons in the life of Israel when the unexpected came to them was when the Babylonian army invaded them. The beautiful city of Jerusalem, established by King David, the beautiful temple of Solomon, 
One of the great wonders of the ancient world. Did you know that inside the holy place of Solomon's temple, the walls were overlaid with pure gold? It's one of the greatest architectural wonders of the ancient world. They were the covenant people. They were the children of Abraham. They lived in the promised land. And then the unexpected happened. King Zedekiah made poor political decisions. And Jeremiah warned him not to make these decisions, but he did them anyway. And he didn't trust God, didn't look to the Lord. He listened to false prophets. The people weren't seeking God. We're the blessed people, but they failed to realize in this world you'll have trouble. And suddenly the Babylonian army laid siege to that beautiful city, Jerusalem, for two years, starved the people out. Finally, the city collapsed. The Babylonian army leveled the wall around the city to the ground. You can visit Israel today and see the stones around that wall. That's still the temple that was leveled to the ground. You can stand there and stand on the stones that Nebuchadnezzar tore that temple down. Nothing remains of it. Suddenly, over years, he began to take just droves and droves of people, these exiles. Daniel, you read about in the Old Testament, he was a young kid. He was exiled. Ezekiel, the prophet, was a young man. He was exiled. They took him for years into Babylon to serve. Here they were living in Babylon, the covenant people of God, the children of Abraham. They had the promised land, and here they were exiled. They did not see that coming. And how were they supposed to deal with that? How were they supposed to accept that? Be easy to feel like God's given up on you. God broke his covenant. God doesn't care. God's not going to fulfill his word. So the Holy Spirit moved on Jeremiah's heart, and God said, I want you to write a letter and send it to the exiles in Babylon. And this is what that letter said to the people who were living in the midst of the worst unexpected circumstance of their life. Jeremiah 29, verses 4 through 13. God said to his people, build houses, settle down. Plant gardens, marry and have children, and preferably in that order. Increase in number, do not decrease. Whatever season of the unexpected you're going through, hear the word of the Lord. Increase, do not ever decrease. Pray for the peace and the prosperity of the city. That's Babylon, not Jerusalem. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you will prosper. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you, and I will fulfill my gracious promise to you to bring you back to the land. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope in the future. Then you will come and pray to me and I will answer you. If you seek me, you will find me when you search for me with all of your heart. And when the unexpected breaks in into our lives and we're paralyzed by fear, we're paralyzed by disappointment, we don't know what to do. We got to accept the reality of where we are, not where we were, not what we wish we were going through. And we've got to begin to make some adjustments. And God says, I want you to start building again in your life. I want you to settle down and stop worrying so much. I want you to plant some gardens. I want you to increase your family. I want you to pray for peace and prosperity because God has a plan for every one of us. Even though we may be in a season of the unexpected, God still has a plan on the other side of this. They were going to face the unexpected of the cross, but they also didn't expect that resurrection resurrection. And after every cross, there is a resurrection in the economy of God. God has a plan for you today. Trust him. Make the choice. Make changes. Make decisions. God's grace is sufficient.
So you don't have to accept the reality of where we are. We have to adjust to the changes, build some new things, go some new directions, make some new decisions. And then we have to anticipate victory. He says, I have overcome the world. That is a statement of a warrior. The word overcome means to win the battle. He says, I want you to anticipate victory. Not the cross. The cross to them, they would not understand at that point. But there's coming a resurrection. There's coming a victory. And he wanted them to know and us to know that through every battle we face and the unexpected seasons, it may be difficult. You keep your faith. You keep building. You keep planning. You keep dreaming. You keep making new decisions and anticipate victory on the other side. Some of you are going through a tough battle in your life today, and I want to build you up in your faith today to say to anticipate victory. I know it's a tough battle, but on the other side of this battle, God's going to give you victory in that battle. This word overcome is so important. John, the apostle who heard him say it that night, he later in all of his writings calls believers overcomers. Listen to what it says about us in 1 John 5 verse 4, whoever is born of God. Now let me pause right there and say, if you're not born of God, you can be. When you accept Jesus as your Savior, you're born again and become a child of the living God. Sins are forgiven and you are bound for heaven. You have eternal life. Everyone who's born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. And even though you're going through a battle right now, you've got to anticipate victory is going to be the outcome. You can overcome by the power of the goodness and the grace of God in your life. You can overcome in your marriage, in your family, in your business, in your ministry. You can overcome in your health. You can overcome in the uncertainties of life. You can overcome in the struggles. You can overcome because of Romans 8 and 28. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. You can overcome because of Romans 8 verse 31. If God before us, who can be against us? You can overcome because of Romans 8 and 37. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. You can overcome because of Romans 16 verse 20. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. You can overcome because of 1 Corinthians 15 verse 57. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You can overcome because of 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8. And God is able. Somebody say God is able. God is able to make all grace abound to you so that at all times in every way, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. You can overcome because of 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9. God says, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. You can overcome because of Ephesians 1 verse 11. God works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. You can overcome because of Ephesians 3 verse 20. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or even think possible according to his power that is at work within us. You can overcome because of Philippians 4 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Say it with me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You can overcome because of Philippians 4 verse 19 and my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus and you can overcome because of 1 John 4 verse 4 greater is he who's in you than he that is in the world
Thank you for joining me today as we've shared together the Word of God. Let me ask you to download the Mount Perrin Church app today so that we can stay connected and you can see all the great services and resources available for you and your family. Follow me on social media and also the Mount Perrin Church family. I look forward to seeing you in church to worship on campus and online. God bless you. Have an incredible day.